Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 47. Today, we're going to be talking about my top 10 nutrition tips. These are things that I've seen work so well with clients over the last 10 years and also habits that I practice myself and that I have seen so much benefit from. So I'm really excited to share those with you. But first, we have a couple of housekeeping things to talk about. So the first thing is the Becoming Captivatingly Confident Live class. And this class is specifically for those women who are ready to tackle what it looks like to discover, uncover, and claim your confidence. So what I mean by that is that 99.9% of health, of weight loss, of success and feeling confident is mental. And so looking at the mindset portion of it, how can you employ different strategies and mental shifts to uncover your own personal kind of confidence? And how do you step into that so that from a place of self-acceptance and confidence, you can then work on things like getting healthy or incorporating exercise or focusing on weight loss. You can do those things, but to be successful at it, you've got to have the right mindset. And this is what I've discovered in the last 10 years of working with men and women as a personal trainer and nutrition coach, that it is so much the mental because you can do diets, you can change your food, you can adopt healthier habits, but if it's coming from a place of unawareness or self-loathing or just a real area lack of confidence in your ability to make changes stick, it is so much harder. But it can be so much easier when it comes from a place of self-acceptance and appreciation. And that's what the live class is going to be all about, is explaining the process that I walk clients through to get them to that place where they can then focus on some of the other more practical things like if you want to lose weight, losing weight, or if you want to show up confidently in your life, how you can do that. And it's all about becoming confident because you have to uncover what has covered your confidence. And whether that is limiting beliefs or shame or past trauma or stories from other people that you've kind of adopted as your own, whatever that is for you, how can we help you uncover that? So that's what the live class is going to be all about. Again, you can find the registration link for that over on captivatinglyconfident.com backslash live class. And that's going to be this Sunday at 5.30 p.m. PST 8.30 for my East Coasters. It's going to be a great time. Q&A at the end. If you can't make it live, no problem. I'm going to email out a replay, but you have to be registered to get the replay. So make sure you head over and do that. Number two is if you follow me on Instagram, you may have saw yesterday that I announced a partnership with Beauty Counter. I am so excited. I found Beauty Counter 
a few years ago, kind of when it was just getting started in its popularity, a couple of friends of mine were beauty consultants. I don't even know what they're called. Retailers? No, that's not what it is. But they were advocates. We'll call them that. Advocates for Beauty Counter. And the products are amazing. And the mission of Beauty Counter is to bring safer skin products to everybody. And they have a list of, it's called the Never List, of 50 different toxins that are commonly found in beauty products and skincare and that they don't use because they have negative health effects. And this has been something that I felt really strongly about the last couple of years is making swaps with our personal care products. So like we've swapped out toothpaste, we went from like crest to activated charcoal toothpaste, which looks disgusting when you're brushing, but it's so good. It's so much better for your teeth and for your gums. So much of our health starts in our mouth. Sorry, side soapbox there. Or switching out, you know, like my degree antiperspirant deodorant to like the Schmitz natural. I use rose. It's quite lovely. But making those simple shifts and feeling more confident about what I'm putting on my body and how it makes me look and feel. So the whole mission about empowering women to feel good about what they're putting on their bodies, and I have to throw in there, and men, because they actually just launched a men's line too. Counter men, so exciting. The mission of Beauty Counter and the mission of Captivatingly Confident go so beautifully together that I was just compelled to embark upon this new partnership. So I'm thrilled to have a place to send you for skincare and for makeup because I really believe in these products. I've used them myself and I love them. They're seriously, their resurfacing skin peel is incredible. And I have tried all the things to get rid of my acne scars, to lighten my age spots, to smooth out my skin tone, like minimize my pores because I got my mother's pores. They're gigantic. And (laughs) I have tried everything, friends. I have tried it all. And nothing has worked as well as this resurfacing peel. It is so gentle. I have the sensitive, I have the most sensitive skin. And it is so gentle and it works so quick and so fast. That's the same thing. It works so well. I am obsessed. So anyway, that's the new exciting adventures. You're going to start to see a little bit more of that pop up as I try out different products and show you how to use them. If you have questions about it or if you're interested, I would love to send you one of their catalogs or I can send you to the uh, website and I would love to just chat about it because this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and it's finally here. I'm so excited. Okay, so that's housekeeping. On to the next My top 10 nutrition tips, these are, again, things that I practice and things I find myself suggesting to clients often, especially if you have digestive issues. We're talking about gas, bloating, gurgling stomach, um, poop that is not optimal. And if you need help with that, you can Google search the Bristol (laughs) scale, B-R-I-S-T-O-L, Bristol scale. And I'll tell you exactly what your poop should look like. And if you have poop that doesn't look like this, chances are you've got some gut issues. If you struggle with perceived low stomach acid, a lot of these tips are going to help. I'm passionate about gut health and that a lot of nutrition can impact that directly. So a lot of my tips kind of center back to that too. 
All right, here we go. Number one is to space out your meals or meal spacing every three to four hours. And that includes snacks. So if you're snacking, that is a meal. So when you have a meal, wait three to four hours before eating again. And the reason for that is because it allows your body time to do like a gut sweep. Your your brain does this where it causes a contraction of your smooth intestinal muscles to push down and clear out your stomach and your intestines. Because remember, you have like 35 feet of intestines. So it takes a while to get food down and out. And if you are putting food in every couple hours, your body can't do that little sweep. And so you end up with like kind of a stockpile of food, which kind of rots and ferments and it's gross and it causes constipation, diarrhea, gas bloating, bacteria overgrowth, leaky gut, all the gross, right? Gross. You can avoid that by meal spacing. This is also beneficial if you struggle with kind of knowing when you're full and when you're hungry. So being able to recognize that leptin and ghrelin, those are two of your hunger hormones. If you struggle with that, meal spacing can help. It can help sharpen your reaction to that kind of stop and start signal from your body. All right, number two is protein. Increasing your protein intake Most people do not eat enough protein and therefore end up feeling more hungry. So one and two kind of go together because if you're finding that you can't go three to four meal, three to four hours in between meals, chances are you didn't have enough protein or fat with your meal. And this is especially important for shift workers, especially night shift where you're just you're battling your own biology because you're supposed to sleep at night. And so usually food is kind of the go-to to help you stay awake and to give you more energy. And if you're just using carbohydrates, even if it's fruit or vegetables, if you don't have that protein or fat to come alongside it, it gets so rapidly digested that you're hungry again in just a little bit, right? Have you ever noticed this? You have like an apple and you're like, I'm so healthy. I'm eating an apple. I'm keeping the doctor away. And... (laughs) An hour later, you're like, and I'm hungry. Well, instead, what if you would put like an Epic Bar with that? Epic Bars are like my go-to for this. So basically, it's like beef jerky, but in a bar. And there's a whole bunch of different brands that make these meat bars. There's, let's see if I can think of a few, Wild Zora, Epic, Tonka Bars, Those are just a couple of the brands. I mean, if you go to the store, you can find a ton, especially like health food stores. They have tons of different brands. Or you can look online at like Thrive Market or Amazon. But you can find these little beef jerky bars. And that is a great way to get more protein that you can just pack and throw in your bag, right? Because it's like, it's one thing to like carry a chicken breast and make sure it's refrigerated and, you know, have that for your food. But it's another to be able to just like pull out protein that makes you feel energized, full, and stable, especially blood sugar-wise, it's just easier, right? And nutrition, we want things to be easier. We don't want things to be complicated. You can also use collagen. I love hydrolyzed collagen because it dissolves in hot or cold liquid, and that's a great way to get an extra boost of protein. You can also use, like, bars, if you want, that have like whey protein or nut protein in them. I often recommend sticking with the meat because it seems like dairy and nuts cause a lot of inflammation in people. But if that doesn't bother you, 
then go for the proteins. Do that. Absolutely. So that is number two. Number three, overnight fasting. So this is especially important, again, for those of us with digestive issues, for sure. So basically what this means is that you are extending the period of rest for your gut. Your digestive system works so incredibly hard when it's processing food. It needs a break. It needs a break. And so by stopping dinner and after dinner is done, not having any more food or calories and waiting until breakfast, you can have this beautiful 12 to 14 hour window where your body is just resting. And this improves so many things. It improves digestion. It can lower inflammation. It improves brain health. It can help with weight loss and weight management. And it also turns on your NRF2 gene pathway, which increases antioxidant protection and it enhances detoxification. Whoa. Amazing. Just from not eating at night. So if you're a late night snacker or if you eat dinner at like 8, 9, 10 o'clock, try pushing it back. See if you can finish dinner by 5 or 6 and then not have breakfast again until the next morning, at least 12 to 14 hours later. There's actually a really cool app that can help you track. I'm going to see if I can pull it up really quick while I'm talking and that I like to use to kind of track how long I've been fasting. Oh, I can't find it. Wait, here it is. Nope. I don't see it. Okay, never mind. We're not going to waste time looking for that. Um, But there are fasting apps and you can Google search those. Number four is apple cider vinegar. This is like the Windex in the health world. (laughs) Do you remember from my big fat Greek wedding when the, like, I think it's the dad, he's spraying Windex on everything and he's like, just put Windex on it. That's apple cider vinegar. This stuff is a powerhouse. It is incredible for increasing your body's own stomach acid production because a lot of times people are diagnosed with too much stomach acid, right? Especially if you have kind of that GERD where you get that kind of reflux coming up. A lot of times that's misdiagnosed and you actually need more stomach acid, right? And that kind of goes in hand in hand with that gut sweeping. If that doesn't happen, we get a buildup and a backup because we need more stomach acid. If you are a person that is chronically stressed, no judgment, but if you're chronically stressed, your body produces less stomach acid. It's its way of conserving energy. So you can stimulate that production by using apple cider vinegar. I recommend a tablespoon in about seven to eight ounces of water, And if you're like, I can't palate it, you can definitely dilute it more or you can use a pill. But I am always an advocate of using food for medicine and not pills because that can get expensive. And apple cider vinegar is cheap and you want the ones that has the mother. So that's the brown goop on the bottom. You want that. That is amazing powerhouse of good bacteria for your gut. That's going to give you all the benefits. So give it a good shake. Pour out that tablespoon. I recommend it on an empty stomach before you're going to eat, because it's going to, again, can help with that digestion. If you're hearing all the rage right now about drinking celery juice in the morning, and that sounds disgusting to you, skip that, do the apple cider vinegar. (laughs) Same benefits. All right, number five is batch cooking. Kiss meal planning, goodbye, because that is exhausting and too time-consuming, and ain't nobody got time for that, okay? Ain't nobody got time. What I have found to be so incredibly helpful is to batch cook. And this has saved me so much time and headache 
and it is just, I don't have to worry about portions. It's just all ready to go. So what you're going to do is create a really beautiful space in your kitchen, turn on some music, drink some wine, like light a candle, do some essential oils, whatever you got to do to make it like a happy space for you and just cook. Just cook. Even if you hate it, invest the two to four hours that it's going to take and get it done in one shot so you don't have to do any more. And it's beautiful. I do like a batch of hard-boiled eggs. I do rice for my boys. And then I make like four or five different kinds of veggies, three or four different kinds of protein. And then I just put it all in glass Tupperware and just shove it in the fridge. So then it's so easy when it's dinner time and I'm like, what are we going to have for dinner? I have four or five different options for veggies, a bunch of different meat options. Boom, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Dinner's done. It's so simple, so easy. It makes grocery shopping a lot easier because it's like you kind of get in a rhythm and you figure out like what you need. And if you want to spice things up, like find a recipe a week and just implement an, a recipe a week and get different ingredients for that. But it seriously is just so much easier. Oh, I love it. You know, and there's some stuff that you can make ahead of time too. Like you can make pastas or different grains ahead of time, like couscous or what have you, and just pull it out, dish it, serve it, done. Forget about it. All right, number six is one that I have, and I've talked about a lot. And this one is my baby. I can get on a soapbox, but I'm going to try for the sake of time to shrink it down. But I'm going to talk about undistracted eating. This is one of my favorite nutrition tips because there is no downside to it other than you might be bored the first couple times you do it because you're going to eat without distraction. You're going to sit down. That's right. Sit, sit, sit with your food and just eat it. And this is especially helpful for people that struggle with overeating, eating too fast. If you eat too much because it tastes oh so good, usually you're eating too quickly and you're distracted and so you aren't noticing the flavor shift. And the flavor shift happens usually about three to four bites into something. It doesn't taste as good as the first or second bite. It's the craziest thing. So if you struggle with like, Kim, I just want to eat all the food because it tastes so stinking good, practice undistracted eating. No cell phone, no book, no TV, nothing. Just you and your food and notice sensations. Like, can you notice when you're full? If you are a person that is dependent on other people telling you how much to eat, this is, this is the answer right here. You can tell yourself how much to eat and it's going to change every single meal. And it's incredible because as you learn to recognize your body's fullness signals, it's incredible. Like You just become so confident in your ability to manage your portions. And you're, if you're struggling to lose weight, chances are your weight will fluctuate and usually to a loss because you're eating just the right amount that you need because you're paying attention to the food and you're not distracted. And this also helps with stomach issues because when you are distractedly eating, your body diverts blood flow from your gut up to your brain because it has to support the functions that you're doing, right? So if you're watching TV, there's blood going up to your brain instead of in your gut. And your gut needs it so bad because it's a huge system and it needs all the blood flow for the processes to work the way that they need to. But distracted eating diverts that and it can cause all sorts of gastrointestinal drama. And nobody got time for drams. (laughs) Don't bring your drams. Number seven is eating warming foods in cold weather. So since we're February, like smack dab of the winter 
vortex <laughs> or whatever they call it, the polar vortex, is that what it is? It's cold as heck here. So think of your stomach as like a little fire. Imagine that there's a little fire in your belly. And on top of that fire is a kettle. And that kettle is your stomach. And so when you're putting food into the kettle, if you are putting cold foods in there, you're going to extinguish your fire. And that is going to cause all sorts of inflammation in your body. And again, tummy issues. And what you can do to boost your metabolism, charge up that fire, is eating warming foods, cooked foods that are warm. Eating in season is another tip. Like if you were to go to a farmer's market, what is available right now? A lot of root vegetables, squashes, things that need to be cooked and that are eaten usually warm. And that warming food helps to stimulate that fire. But when you're doing cold water, cold drinks, cold foods on that fire, it is less and less robust. And so your health suffers, your body's immune system has to work overtime trying to keep that fire going. So it's kind of funny because we think about inflammation and we're thinking about a fire, but they're two different things. This is the, in specific regards to digestion, which, by the way, gut health and mental health are so incredibly linked. I mean, it's fascinating. If you have a few minutes, Google search gut health and mental health. It'll blow your mind, especially if you struggle with anxiety or depression. Gut health is critical. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg. They're not really sure if gut health impacts mental health or if mental health impacts gut health. But either way, they are intrinsically connected. It is fascinating. Okay, running out of time. Got to pick it up. Number eight, eating out. This is a big one. And it's one that is kind of tricky because when you eat out, there's a lot of social pressure to have different foods. Like, you know, there's a basket of bread or chips on the table and you're like, oh, I'm trying to really watch like my gluten intake or I'm trying to really watch how many carbohydrates I eat. Or I know that I don't eat carbohydrates by themselves and there's no protein to put with this. So I'm choosing not to eat the chips, right? There's just a lot of social pressure. But if you can, one of the kind of guidelines that I like to follow is getting meat and a veg. I love salads, and when I am in the right headspace for it, I will eat a salad. But more often than not, salads have way more foods that are not optimal for satiety, for nutritional benefit. It's much easier to go with a, like a portion of protein and a portion of veg. And then if you want to do like a starch, toss that in there too. Like potato, pasta, what have you not. What have you not? Does that even work? Whatever. Okay, so like, for example, if you're going to kind of a chain restaurant where the quality of meat might be a little bit lower, stick with like chicken or fish, chicken or fish, just stick that with your protein because that's going to have less fat and less like grain and corn because a lot of what your meat eats, you eat. And so if there's a lot of um, kind of soy and all that stuff in your meat, you're going to eat that too. But if you're going to like a farm-to-table, like super, you know, grass-fed kind of restaurant, there's a ton of those in Portland, thankfully, then you can go for things like meat, like beef, lamb, or pork. That's when you want to have those because they've been fed better things. And so you're going to get better things. And then whatever seasonal veg they have on the side. 
So you've got a nice warming meal that's going to fill you up, that's going to taste yummy. You're not going to feel deprived because, again, throw in your starch, right? Like have the chips and salsa, have the bread, but just have it with your, your main portion. So that's my tip for eating out. And then number eight, water. You knew it was coming. You knew we were going to talk about water. Here it is. We have to switch our mindset about water. Because for a lot of people, they're like, oh, I hate drinking water. I hate it. Guys, that's so first world problem. Not to shame you, but to help you to see that you got to shift your mindset instead of like, I hate drinking water. Think, I get to drink water. I don't have to walk seven miles with a jug on my head to try to like dig it out of a hole in the ground. I don't have to do that. I can just walk and I can get my filtered water. Or I can get out of the tap like clean water. It's here. I have it. Got to change our mindsets on that. And I struggle with this too. Sometimes I look at water and I'm like, oh, I don't want to. And I have to do a little like gut check of like, hey, you get to. Not everybody in the world does. So that's my little soapbox about that. But you can do things to your water to make it more palatable. I love using essential oils. I have doTERRA lemon and orange that I put in my water. Oh my gosh, delicious. You can also use carbonated water if you want to, but be careful if you've got issues because that can aggravate your stomach. And that's a great way, especially if you're trying to move away from soda. Carbonated beverages like LaCroix can be a lifesaver and a game changer because you still get the pop fizz and the flavor without all of the artificial or regular sugars. So increasing water. General recommendation is half your body weight in ounces. And again, I recommend doing warm water in the colder weather to, again, help stimulate that fire, keep your digestion and metabolism burning. And then number 10 is to keep trigger foods out of the house. So a lot of times when we have cravings, if we see it, we eat it. But if it's not accessible, you have to go buy it. So I'll use ice cream for this example. Storing ice cream in the house, you open the fridge, you're like, or freezer, and you're like, ooh, ice cream. And all of a sudden you want to eat it. What if it wasn't there? Would you still have the craving? I don't know. It's an interesting thought. It has been so incredibly beneficial for my husband and I to remove a lot of the trigger foods like alcohol. We rarely keep alcohol in the house. Um, Like chips are a huge, huge slippery slope for us. When we first started dating, Tim introduced me to tortilla chips or not tortilla, uh, Doritos, Doritos and cottage cheese. Oh my gosh, if you've never tried it, don't. Don't. It's so good. And we would sit there and we would just eat it. It was the same thing with trail mix. We would take bags of trail mix down in one sitting. And so we found that these trigger foods for us caused all sorts of problems. And so we just removed a ton of them from our house. So now it's like if I have an ice cream craving, I'm going to go to the store, buy like the individual little like mini size, have the ice cream, and then I'm done right? That's it. Or go get frozen yogurt and be done. If craving chips, I get the little like tiny bags and just eat that. But I don't keep it in the house because out of sight, a lot of times out of mind. And when you have trigger foods in your house, you are setting yourself up to be subjected to cravings and then that tug of war that you do with yourself of like, I want it, but I can't have it. And the shoulds and all of that. It's so hard. But by removing those, or at least having a designated place in your house where you put them, 
somewhere up high on a shelf or in a cupboard where you they're not in your line of sight. And instead, keeping foods that are, you know, satiating, again, that protein, keeping that in your line of sight when you're hungry or your fridge full of batched cooks food so that you have it, it's ready to go, you just grab it. That is a huge one that I have seen so many people have success with when they take out the trigger foods. And the trigger by trigger food, I mean foods that you eat that kind of send you on that spiral where you lose kind of portion control. They're the hyper palatable foods, so like crunchy, salty, spicy, or the flip side, really sweet, creamy, sugary, right? It's kind of like you land in one of two camps. Or you get stuck in the sweet, salty cycle where maybe you have a sweet and then you're like, oh, now I just need something salty. Sweet, salty, sweet, salty goes back and forth, right? You can eliminate that cycle by not having it in the house. So those are my 10 nutrition tips. Quick rundown. We talked about meal spacing, protein, overnight fasting, apple cider vinegar, batch cooking, undistracted eating, warming foods in winter eating out, water, and keeping trigger foods out of the house. So here's what I want for you. I want you to head over to the Captivatingly Confident community on Facebook. Just type it in, you'll find it. And tell us which one of these you are excited to try or which one you've tried and found success with or which one you feel like you struggle with. Because we want to walk alongside you and support you as you make these shifts and changes in your lifestyle so that you can feel more confident in your ability to make choices for yourself around food that feel empowering and that help you to show up the way you want to in your life. All right, my friends, this one was a little bit longer. Sorry about that. But thank you so much for listening. I just love you and I can't wait to see you next week.